The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. In a fast-paced world... Every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. The Brighter Side is brought to you by Audible.com. Go to audibletrial.com slash brighter side for your free trial. things are happening to me the sky is black and my soul is gray oh no oh no oh i hit a kitten again with my car oh sharon never hits kittens with her car sharon's got a new goddamn porsche and nothing ever happens right with me nothing ever happens with me fuck sharon i'm gonna fucking kill her she's got everything and i i got a life Amazing. <laughs> Fuck Sharon. Fuck Sharon. Fuck Sharon. I hate Sharon. Sharon. She should be sharing more of her things. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Come on. Oh, that was an amazing way to merge grief and jealousy. Thank you. All in one cold open, Amber. <laughs> good work. Good work. Yeah, Prime when you get really sad, you or at least for me, I tend to look at others that aren't or have a different life, and I'm like that fucker you know they got on that tv show or they didn't have to deal with this that happened to me you know i've got this heart and then it's like a cycle and then you get worse and deeper and deeper and then you wake up with you know black under your eyes and just sleeping in and just anger and then no one wants to be have anything to do with you it's a fucking disaster yeah for christ's sake yeah it's it's not it's not helpful yeah so today we're going to be talking about grief and we're going to be talking about jealousy which are both uh, the seven deadly sins are a little looser than we thought they were. Mm. Yeah, different you know, it cultures. On, different cultures have yeah. different seven deadly sins, you know. But it's always seven, so in actuality, there's like ten of them. And so we're, we're going to do two today: uh, grief and jealousy. And uh, in a little bit, you're going to hear us talk to uh, our our good friend uh, Frank Liotti, who's went through. Uh, I'd say a, a little bit of both there, you know, a little grief, a little jealousy, and we're going to get to that in a second. Uh, oh, I have a thing about jealousy. I don't know if I'd say Do you want to do it? No, let's talk about it right now. Yeah. Well, I um, I mean, I, I'd worked with some people in the past, and one person, like, uh, I feel like they kind of threw me under the bus, and then they started doing really well in their life, 
And then it took me almost two years uh, just of um, trying to dig myself out of this emotional hole because I would look at the things they did, which is completely different than my personality. Yeah. Um, like the, th- the things that they got were versus the things that I. And then as soon You're as. You're not even in actual competition. Yeah, we're not. We're two different people. But then as soon as I just let it go, just exhaled. And it really was just a thought one day. I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm tired. Uh, things started opening up for me. You know? It takes a lot for me to hold on to something. I think not, you know, not even just jealousy, but just like anger. You know, I feel like that. That to me, that's mixed with jealousy and anger. And I yeah. think the anger is actually the king of that thing. And jealousy is just you're just pissed off that they're happy. You're pissed you know? they're happy. <laughs> you know, like yeah, that, you know? and it comes from something you're deeply insecure about something in your own life that you know you need to fix. Mm-hmm. You know, for me at that time, it was like I'm too passive, and then I knew I was. And instead of working on that, I blamed this other person and got more jealous at it. It's almost yeah. always, I think, when it comes to jealousy, almost always some sort of internal insecurity that you're mm-hmm. unable to deal with in that yeah. moment. I, I don't think. That jealousy, I mean, it is a natural thing, but it is something that man has created a framework around to yeah. explain our own insecurities. Yeah. I think normal, just, you know, st- being jealous is a nat, it's definitely, like you just said, a natural human instinct. But uh, it's uh, when you, it's, you have to learn how to hide it. It's yeah. almost like insecurity is more primal than jealousy. Yeah. But it is how we talk about insecurity, or it's how it's uh, the output of insecurity is jealousy to a certain extent. Yeah, because there is a certain aspect of good jealousy. You can look at something that someone got and think, how can I get to that sort of place in my life? Yeah, like, that's oh, a hell no. Nah. Yeah, that's how you learn. <laughs> I'm going to get there. Yeah. yeah. Have you ever gotten, uh, what's your jealousy like, Cena? You ever get it? I, I mean, actually, you seem like a pretty even keel guy who's always happy for everybody. I am actually really not jealous. Um, I've been, I mean, when my, my ex cheated on me, uh, I got jealous. <laughs> yeah, uh, for I mean, a bit. that's natural. Uh, but that was really strange for me because I'm usually good in that department. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I see people get successful, I'm actually very happy for them. But then I don't get jealous about them. I, I get sad about why am I not working? Why am I not doing better? Yeah. And I just kind of like I end up getting doubled down on my own insecurity. Like in law school, I mean, I did more drugs and alcohol in law school than I've ever done in my entire life easily by like several orders of magnitude. Yeah. Only because I was so insecure and upset with my yeah, own. Yeah. Well, lawyers are I used to bartend and lawyers drink more than entertainers. Oh, they're they're hammered 24-7. Absolutely. It's still Mad Men for them. They, they haven't ma- made the crossover. They make you take. Uh, a session before you get admitted into the bar. You're like you're in this big room with like a hundred people that just passed the bar exam or whatever, and you're about to be admitted and all this stuff. And they make you sit and watch like a whole video about this guy that was a lawyer that was an alcoholic that still was able to do his job, but still able to have a good time and get drunk in the middle of the day. And then everything in his life crumbled. Oh. And they make you watch this, and they give you uh, anonymous like drug uh, narcotics anonymous numbers, alcoholics anonymous numbers. There's a lot of resources they give you before you even admitted into the bar because they know you, our types of personalities are ones that are susceptible to substance abuse very easily. Wow. That's fucking wild. We gotta get a lawyer in here. Yeah. Not me. Talk about substance abuse. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I know. What about you, Mary? You ever get uh, you ever get some jealousy going on in your life? Oh, absolutely. Yeah? What do you get jealous about? You seem, you seem like a really on-the-level normal person, so it seems pretty <laughs> crazy that you would get jealous. <clears throat> Well, I think everyone gets jealous. I think the whole point of us doing the heavily deadly sins is that everyone experiences these sins. They're kind of common for 
mankind, but I get jealous all the time. I mean, I got particularly jealous in college for a lot of reasons. I was a scholarship student and a lot of my friends like had things where like their parents would pay for them to have nice apartments Ooh. or cars when I had to like walk to work and stuff like that can really breed jealousy. Absolutely. Um, and then it's hard also living in New York. The same thing. You'll get jealous that some people get things you don't get. Yeah. Or that people get the type of opportunities you're not even in the room to get. But I'm sure the people at your school that had the cars and the apartments bought for them, I doubt they moved to New York and made a creative decision in their life. No, they still live in Boca Winds or wherever the fuck. Yeah. Is that a suburb? That's that's right by... You know, that's one of the neighborhoods where I grew next to where I grew up. <laughs> yeah. Fuck Boca Yeah. I'll tell you, but like growing up, I had a lot of that in my life too. Mm-hmm. I mean, it still happens. I mean, growing up in Boca Raton, I was the we were the family that went poor trying to live in one of the richest neighborhoods in the in the country. Whoa. You know, and so it's like I'm just watching kids turn 16 and get Mercedes Benzes, mm-hmm. and I'm you know, and I'm fucking I, I'm driving 82 Buick. You know, so which I loved much more than their Mercedes, to be honest with you. Hell but yeah. but at the same time, you know, it's like I didn't ever really get jealous of them. Well, you guys actually I would love it if you judged me on this and told me it with this. It's not that I was jealous of them. I just decided not to like them. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> I don't know what that if that is jealousy and I don't know it is. Yeah. But I just didn't like that kind of person. The person who was just handed everything. All of my friends had one or two jobs, you know. Well, That's I, true. It speaks to a value judgment that you make and the friends that you have. I mean, I felt very similarly like you just don't have as much in common with those people if you don't come up from a family that makes you work for the stuff that you want in your life. I think yeah. that's a very legitimate thing. Okay. Absolutely. And you also don't have to like everybody. I know we talk about positivity. <laughs> Fuck that. Yeah, on the podcast, But you really don't. You know, a very empowering moment in my life <laughs> is whenever I just started getting up and walking away from people. Yeah. Instead of being like, well, no, but really, I think. And then, you know, my soul getting crushed. I was just like, you know what? You go ahead and just be a piece of shit over there. That's so yeah. funny you bring that up, Amber, because in college, I, I had the same problem all through up until like basically I was a sophomore in college. I liked everybody. And I say that with quotes because like I didn't like everybody. Mm-hmm. I just was too much of a little pussy to say anything. And I like, and I, I shouldn't even say pussy because that's to, uh, not even nice to the pussies. Yeah. It's like I was too much, of, I was too weak to kind of just be like, I don't like this person. I don't want to be around them, but I would just constantly be around them for whatever reason where I thought I'd be cool or I thought I was funny or whatever it is. But then this thing, something switched in college and sophomore year. I would be in conversations with people and then I would get upset or sick of what they were saying and I would sprint out of whatever room I was in, sprint out of the building and sprint all the way back to my apartment. I would just run. <laughs> I did that like a half dozen times in one semester. And my roommates kept being like, dude, why do you keep running away? <laughs> and I'd be like, I don't know, man. I just had to get out of there. And I was like, what? I, now, only now when you said that makes me realize like that's probably what I was coming to grips with is yeah. that I don't like everybody. Yeah. It's okay. It's a knee-jerk reaction just to get up and move. Yeah. And you, they probably think this is something so horrible. Bring that back, frankly. Man, one of my best buds, uh, Corey Braslow, he, uh, we were like, We'd always go everywhere. We lived in the same neighborhood. We'd always ride bikes together. We'd always go fish together. We'd play tennis or whatever. Every single day, all day, we were at each other's houses and in each other's lives. And he taught, I saw him do something and say something because we used to get in lots of fights with other people. And I saw him say something once that I think he got from his father, which I still use to this day. And I saw him do it in like middle school where it's just like somebody was pissing him off and trying to like talk it, talk him out of it. And he just looked at him and was like, hey, man. 
I don't like you. <laughs> it's fun. And it's just like, what are you going to say after that? Like, it's just like, no, you can't. It's like, you're not going to change my mind. I think you're garbage. Like, <laughs> it's like, I'm sorry, but that's the sad reality. So don't like me back, please, because fuck you. <laughs> Life will be easier this way. Yeah. All right. We'll, we'll be back. Let's talk to Frank Liotti for a little bit. Depression. <laughs> I just killed myself. Yeah. Don't, don't. I'm so sad. I'm so alone and I'm scared and I'm tired and I'm nasty. Oh, no. No one loves me. Depression. It's very energetic. It's <laughs> <laughs> making fun of a disease. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, well, that's you. If you don't make fun of a disease, then how are you supposed to talk about it? Absolutely. Welcome to the brighter side. Yes, we are a cynic's look at optimism, and I am Ed Larson. Amber that Nelson. was the wonderful, vivacious Amber Nelson with her depression song. Depression. And Cena John. Hello, hello. Fresh from France. I feel great. So French. You look darker. Mm. Yeah, I, this is the color I was born to be until I moved to the caves of New York. Mm. Oh, man, it's so weird that you would get darker in France. Were you at the beach? Yeah, we were in the southern part of of France as well. How uh, do we keep you this way? You're you're uh, you're Aladdin. Fresh. Oh God, <laughs> this is it. Feels I feel sexier. I'm hard all the time right now. <laughs> it's so great. I, my my lady can't keep her hands off me. We just speak Spanish to each other. What is it about? Uh, getting some sun in you that really gets your penis going. I don't know. I mean, it's the vitamin D for dick. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But it, it was uh, it was a really a fun trip. I feel re-energized being back in New York and how wonderful America is. The French were on strike the entire time. I was there. What are they striking for? Exactly. They don't do anything in France, but they're always <laughs> striking about something. The the hardest working people in France are the bread makers. Mm. Yeah. They wake up early, they create an assortment of breads for everybody, and they, they give cheer. All the hot ladies, they were walking around. They're, they're ch- beautiful ch- Eating a baguette. They're just eating a baguette. If that happened in New York, people would be screaming at you. That's because they don't have cars, so they walk it all off. Exactly. And it's all fresh ingredients. You know, USA, we put in a, what's that? Agent Orange. Agent Orange. (laughs) We just put that in everything. (laughs) Alestra. Alestra, yeah, we put it, it's just garbage in everything. Mm -hmm. But it's great to be back. I mean, man, on the way here, uh, someone on the subway was walking by me, and he just looked, he looked at me. And he looked at the person that was next to me as he was walking by. He goes, it's great to see some fucking faces again. And then just kept walking. And I was like, it's so great to be back. I'm so happy. Oh, and we're, we're joined by the wonderful Frank Liotti. Say hello, Frank. Hi. Thank you for having me on WLIW. <laughs> Frank is a very funny New York comedian. 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 <laughs> And as always, Mary. Hello, hello, hello. Mary, 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 quite contrary. <laughs> I'm in a great mood today, and we're Good. talking about depression, so it's going to be interesting. Nice. I can't wait to knock you out of it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, you ever cried to God to change your life? I remember as a child, I would lay in bed, and I would cry, and I would pray to God. I was like, please help me, because my life is so horrible. And he never came down. Yeah, I would, all, I would do that, and then I would always... In that same like crying fit, 
I would also say, I know I don't do this very often, and I don't talk to you other than when it's important to me. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. would like, like, I would be like explaining it normally. Uh, I would God. never pray for myself. I always found like that was like a shitty thing to do, oh. to pray for yourself. Oh, you think you're better than us, Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> but then I also didn't believe in God ever. So, oh. you know. Do you guys I, still, you guys, you guys still got a hint of it in your left, right? I got a little hint. You got I a little know. God left in you? Uh, very little. Very little. Very little. I used to beg. Beg God to help me. Beg. Tell God that I would totally swallow if he would fucking help me. And then for a long, long time, I just started doing like gratitude prayers, saying I was grateful for my limbs and my organs. Because oh. then I figured I would get an agent that way if I like, you know, that is a good lived like, in gratitude. And then it didn't work, so I started begging again. Now I just say, fuck you. <laughs> Where the fuck are you, bitch? Yeah, that's always good what I always God. say. If there is a God, you know, I don't like him. Oh. Well, maybe it's kind of like, you know, whenever you ignore a Facebook invite and then people question you on it and then you just never talk to that person again because you get super awkward about it. Maybe it's like that. Oh, my God. I feel, I'm so sorry that's ever happened to you. <laughs> <laughs> Don't people just understand that most Facebook invites are ignored? Isn't that yeah. what just... Yeah. That yeah. I thought so, too. You yeah. create it. It just goes into the atmosphere and no one gives a right. fuck. right. Very I, I find that the people, the shows I do that showcase the most on Facebook, the more posters they put up, have the least amount of audience. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because they're frantic. They're frantic, <laughs> desperate. There was there was a show I did, and it was it was like every two seconds a Facebook wall, and then I did the show. Nobody was there, but it was a drag show, and I drag queens are very fun, but performing to zero people very difficult, very sad. Yeah, very sad. <laughs> very sad. Well, it's always funny when you go to the show and and like the uh, like the whoever's do, running the show or the, the owner of the bar is just like I tell you I post it on Facebook every 20 minutes and it's like well, I don't think you understand how Facebook works really no. <laughs> so speaking of Facebook you, you, we've had some uh, some cryptic posts I hear from, from I you I mean me Frank. I always do that that's always yeah. kind of like my thing and then people are like what's wrong I'm like that's just my personality I mean you're it's just like putting it out there it's so like I, I don't know yeah I put it I, I put it out there but like in the form of a joke like now, I was, what kind of post are you doing here like Describe I said um Oh, God. I was watching the Texas Chainsaw Massacre last night while a girl hung up on a hook was watching her boyfriend be dismembered, and I realized that I have my limbs to be grateful for. So oh, it's not all that's, that's like nice. stuff like that. Yeah. Or, that's um, nice. Today I, I was like, post. I have to have yeah. surgery. I have to have surgery next week, and I was like, I've always wanted to die, and now that I'm having surgery, I still want to die. But what is annoying about it is I can't like um, dedicate my suicide note to all the people that have <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. hated. <laughs> makes me want to kill myself if I go that way. But it's just like it's a it's a it's a reality. But it's also like to me it's like so much shit has happened that it's like so what? It's a yeah. joke. But it, I mean it's not a joke. But it's because it is my reality. Well, but it's, it's how also you deal like with big it. fucking deal. Why are you panicking? And it's kind of, I know that sounds insane, but if somebody like wants to go, let them fucking go. Like mm -hmm. my best friend did it and it blew me away. She was very sick. She had schizophrenia. She lied down in traffic oh. on the Northern State Parkway and she killed herself. And I was like, how could you do this to me? How could you do this to all of us? But you know, like, oh, we all have our time where we're supposed to go. But maybe that was her fucking time to go. She laid mm -hmm. down in traffic, and On that's Northern how she State. died? Yeah, she took two quick drags of a cigarette, and then she lied down. 
and put wow. my hands over her ears. Were you there? No. Jeez. No. no. Yeah. yeah, I was Shit. smoking a cigarette on the side of the road, and the lighter just wouldn't. <laughs> I turned around, and she was ripped in half. Oh. But it's kind of like maybe it was her time to go. That's my point. It's I yeah. don't I don't know. As I get older, I don't. I think there's a certain amount of ownership and independence and freedom in being able to take your own life. Yeah. No, I disagree. Well, I guess because I had to clean up after my my cousin's suicide when mm, I was 14. That's the thing. We were talking about that yeah. uh, before. It's just yeah, you should if you're gonna do it, do it in a way where you know people don't have to clean you up. Or That's the state true. troopers do that didn't know you. Yeah, yeah, have some empathy yeah. for your, your friends and family that yeah. have to deal with right. it afterwards. Absolutely. And people always think, like, you know, when you're on the verge of wanting to do it, you think that no one's going to um, uh, know or no one's going to care. But people do care. They care. Yeah. Right. They always care. Right. Sure. So for you, sure. when you're posting on Facebook, are these um, – what what part of you is truth? Like what part of you is cathartically, therapeutically getting stuff off your chest? What do you mean what part? Like, I don't know if it's – it's just – I guess it's it's part of just being creative and part of just being honest, you know, and I want to see how many likes I get. But it's yeah. also like it's – you know, because it is – I want to – like it's – I like when people get the dark humor. That's That's like – I mean I started stand-up when there were four deaths in a row in my family. That's so it kind of – Wow. Shaded my voice, Damn. I guess. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it is what it is. I mean, but it's, you know, I used to write about Alice from the Brady Bunch being a dyke, and then I started stand up, and four people were dead, and I was writing about, like, <laughs> that you was, know, like, was your material write, like, about them, or was it just, like, completely separate? No, it's really, it's not, you can't, I mean, it takes a long time to get perspective. Yeah. Like, I think, like, Stanislavski would say seven years before you can actually, like, use something that's mm -hmm. happened to you and sort of comment on it and create from it. Mm -hmm. And it is true. It is true because we gain some perspective. I don't write about it them directly. I, sometimes I'll open with, so I was carrying my my girlfriend's coffin and, like, something like that. Or, yeah. Or um, I do a word problem. Frank had four funerals in five years and bought three suits. You know, like that yeah. kind of, it's kind of, <laughs> yeah. Nice. Started at a 42 regular, gained 13 pounds after each tragedy. Like that kind of, <laughs> so it's like separate, but includes it. It's yeah. also how you deal with it, you know, and you gotta like creatively deal so. with things. Yeah. I think so. I mean, it doesn't feel conscious. It doesn't feel like I'm consciously dealing with it, but I do know while it was happening, that was like when I first started. So going to those open mics at like, McFickerty's Irish O'Hanlon's shithole <laughs> oh, yeah. at 4.30 in the afternoon with someone like from reform school or someone who just got out of eighth period or uh, a, a woman who taught women's studies in Jersey who was 70 years old wearing a cape and a mask. It was like this group of insane, this group of insanities. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of like I was, I was numb and insane right along with them. Like yeah. while a cockroach was on my arm at Eastville Comedy Club at five in the afternoon. Last thing you want to do though is hang out with normal people when you're going really? through shit. And who better than comedians? It was like I I finally loved who I was around. When yeah. I was an actor, I always hated everybody. Oh, they're the worst. The that's worst. The, that's uh, what drives you away. It's the worst. It it's the people. Yeah, and it's it did. musical theater actors. Oh yeah, it, they're all bad. They're all, but they're they're probably well, the worst. That's yeah. what happened with Murder Fist. Why we got involved with the stand up scene rather than the sketch mm -hmm. and improv scenes because they were all that theater makes kids. Total sense. And, you know, and there right. was like we just can't. I'm sorry. I'm not going to talk to you all the time, theater kids. Right. Like, 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 there was this girl. <laughs> like and and you know I was a I still I'm a real blue collar guy. My dad was a janitor. My mom worked at a factory. And I worked my fucking ass off to get to Yale Drama School. Yeah. And I remember there was this girl that was always around. Her name is Susie Parfour. She didn't go to Yale, but she was always around. That's <laughs> well, her real name. Susie Parfour. Yeah. yeah, I think that um, in, in 
in I think it's in, in India that actually stands for cunt and <laughs> she was always around she was always at Yale or she'd be at Williamstown or she'd be at the public theater or at a reading she was always this in with the in crowd girl mm-hmm. who was mildly talented and average looking and I remember we did a play reading together and there was a particular scene that was about dreaming about your job. And this girl turned to me and said, well, you must dream about that restaurant you work at all the time. Oh. A comic doesn't do that. You know where you stand yeah. with a comic yeah. for the yeah. most yeah. part. Yeah. And I just couldn't, this, this rich girl who just kind of had nothing better to do but to like walk around and be in these the right place at the right time all the time. She didn't have to serve artichoke dip for a living. Mm-hmm. I just like, I, I was done. There was nothing truthful in theater for me anymore. Yeah, it's horrible. It was just gross. It was it was always Christine Baranski telling a white collar story wearing a red dress. Yeah. At Manhattan Theater Club. So I suddenly found a world where I could talk about someone, you know, I was going out with who was suddenly HIV positive and I wasn't, or my best friend being decapitated, or what I saw when I saw cancer. Not about those things in particular, but about how it skewed my perspective on life and on God and what hard work was supposed to do and pay off and not paying off. Did you grow up at Winterfell? <laughs> <laughs> yes, Comac Long Island. It's exactly the same thing. That's a lot of shit to go through at a young age, man. It's a lot of shit, yeah. And how old were you when um, the death, how close were the deaths? And, and, uh, my parents were three months apart, 35, right? Eight years ago. And my best friend was a year later. And then my sister was diagnosed with stage four a year after that. That was, and that was the worst year. That illness was the worst. Wow. And she died a year after that. So, yeah. So like three within three or four years. Yeah. Bro. That's why I think it's hard to get work as a comic because so many of my formative years, people saw me losing my mind on stage, mm, you know, yeah. and it's kind of like, it's like I'm a different comic now, but. Well, it's not just like you lost four people. You lost the four closest I did. people. Yeah. I did. So it's like, there's a big difference there, you it's, know, going through a, a lot of death, you mm-hmm. know, like. But like when it's those people in particular all in a row, I mean that's a really it was a trip. That's the that's a fucked yeah. up hand to be dealt. But I think like like if somebody there's this line in August Osage County where she says something like, "Thank God we can't see the future; we'd never get out of bed," mm. because we oh imagine. I think we all do. We imagine how something's gonna be, mm-hmm. and it's it's never that way. Like I was, I don't know. When my mom died, I fell. I went to the Burger King drive-through and then I fell asleep in Sears getting my oil change like it's yeah. just yeah never shut really down how we, it just kind of you go insane it and it's it's not like oh my god everyone's dead it's kind of like where can i find applesauce because we're gonna have pork and what <laughs> cultural background you grow up italian italian, italian. I did. Those what? Fucking greaseball so death you guys probably you guys talk about death when you were growing up with death apart are you, did you grew up catholic i know they got no, the I damn, didn't. They did my the... parents were unusually liberal they didn't mm-hmm. have me baptized they wanted me to make my own decisions so i didn't grow up with like sin and it, it was a quite a unique situation hmm. as far as that my father was a classical pianist oh. um so it was but no no one like my father had this credo of not talking about death or gossiping he was the opposite of me do you find that that helped or or made it more difficult when he passed but I, I, don't, I don't know there was nothing left unsaid so i was lucky there was no shortage of i love you's there were no regrets mm-hmm. i didn't have any resentment neither did he towards me any of them the hardest one i think was I don't know, my sister and my best friend. My best friend, schizophrenia is really, like that I've tried to write about, and comics always laugh, but regular people don't. Oh, no. Because it's so not what we think it is. It's not like yeah. um, the double-voiced kind of, you know, looney Tooney character. It's it's not that. It's like she can hear us now, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. You know, run. What it's, is it? it? 
Schizophrenia? Yeah, or like, how do you behave on it? Okay, like auditory hallucinations, she would babble and not make sense. She'd be like, why do you like the runaways? Because one lead singer has black hair and I have blonde hair. And then she would like look at me for an answer and I'd be like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. yeah. Or did she, she develop it? or uh, It's did a she have... very, very slow oh, kind that's of... That's terrifying. So if you spend a lot of time with someone... It's, this is why, and I hate that we're doing this on like a fun podcast because it's like there is funny stuff in it, but it's yeah. like if you spend a lot of time with someone, it reminds me of like addiction. It's easy to say, mm-hmm. stop it, get a job. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Take care, take a fucking shower, wash your clothes. And in the meantime, something was telling her to turn the TV towards the wall or they would come out of it and start oh, mopping man. the floor in I front of her. I can see that. Yeah, it was like come out of <laughs> <laughs> I just hope that my schizophrenic hallucination is hot. Yeah. So that we can <laughs> bone. <laughs> Assume the position. So when you found out she was developing schizophrenia, did that make you spend more time with her? Or, uh, I or never less? knew what it was until she was dead because she was one of six kids, the baby. And uh, the, f- the family is a little, um, God, they were aloof. No one ever talked about it. Yeah. So we were very close. She wasn't close with her siblings. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know the name of it until she died. But no, like I, I was kind of an overachiever and I got out of there. That, you know, a little podunk town, and she was she had to stay at home because that's a symptom of that disease, not being able to move out. Wait, this is this is kind of wild though. What? You were friends with her this whole time, we and met you in just guitar class. But when you we were, and you when I was in had first no, grade. you had no idea that there was a clinical problem with well, her. Well, I knew that she was always like she was institutionalized a few times. So there you was knew a particular, something was going on. There was an incident that happened in like '99 or something that was horrific. The first time she was institutionalized. What happened? Oh boy, she was. Oh, God. I've never said this out loud before. She was an animal No lover. one's here. No one's listening. No one's listening. <laughs> I don't... To the three listeners that this podcast has, I'd appreciate it if you kept this quiet. She was an animal lover. You hear that, Mom? <laughs> Her family's Republican, so Dr. Laura is going to be you know, on at the same time. So they won't listen. Her, she was an avid animal lover, but apparently something in her mind told her that if she sacrificed... That's word, the word she used. An animal that God would spare her life. That's what she believed. Yeah. And it was around Easter, so she went to our local pet store and bought a rabbit oh. and went into the field of the local grammar school and broke its neck and killed it. Okay. And then I guess told someone about it, and they found, like, pornography in her car. They found this rabbit in a field, and she was institutionalized. And then For I the pornography. <laughs> she had Nugget magazine, and they don't airbrush the pimples on the models, and it's just... If you're going to go for it, you might as well go for Red Hot Couples Volume 3. <laughs> if she would have ate it, nothing would have happened to her. <laughs> um, that's why I got heavy. But uh, And then I never saw her again, I always say, after that, because those drugs were just like... Yeah. She was gone. Take over. Gone. She was like a body snatcher ever since then. Unless she would go off her meds, then she'd be great for a little bit, and then she'd start walking into traffic outside of Outback Steakhouse. God. So it's damn. It's a disease, you know. It's not fun. It's not like oh, it's just some. It's like having a Toyota that has a bad carburetor. It really is. Yeah. It's like any other fucking disease. That's why I do feel bad when I'm like, you know, when I call someone crazy because I'm like, ah, you're sick. I know, yeah. I know. You know. I have a couple people who I've called crazy before and like, do not call me crazy. And you're like, because uh, they have yeah. like a history of crazy right. in their family. Retards like... are a different story. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh retards are I retards. Said the, and... I said retard. I never say that on stage at yeah. governors. 
on Long Island because I needed a desperate. I desperately needed a laugh. Did they uh-huh. stand up and, and cheer? They were like, wow! <laughs> like they literally yeah. oh, it was like God. the first coming of Lenny Bruce when I said retard. <laughs> and you have to go to the lobby, and people are filing out at the end because they want to meet the comics, and they're like walking him out by his wrist, a retarded kid oh. whose shirt was gray and then dark gray in the front because of drool. Uh, and I said retard on stage. And he was fine. like, I love the He asked for my autograph. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to meet at Starbucks. You guys went out and got ice cream. And... <laughs> yeah, and I had to pick out the peanuts so that he wouldn't choke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You show him, a, you show him a horsey. Yeah. <laughs> it's tough. It's tough Make to Make banana stop. cry again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's your best audience. Yeah, yeah. I mean. I had a retarded guy rip my top off at a pool party at church. We know. Yeah. <laughs> Why? You get... You get all the fun shit happen to you. It's just not life. That's why I stopped believing. Life's not fair. Put another mark on the chalkboard. Oh my god! I no one it. helped her too. Nobody. Yeah. A dog ran out of the woods. <laughs> Bart's loud. He let go. Weiler ran out of the woods like in the Omen. I have this feeling that Amber's childhood. She was just in a fever dream the whole time, and none of this ever happened. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So what's going on now, Frank? You see yeah, stuff going the, on now? All this fucked up shit happened 10 years ago. Is it coming no, back? No, not 10 years ago. The 99. last one was 2000. No, no, no. She started to get mentally retarded in 99. Oh, and then, okay. Yeah, she died in 11, my sister in 2012, the end of 2012. Oh, okay. And then comedy was going great for a while. I was getting a lot of work. And mm-hmm. then uh, and I work in TV. Last year I did three shows, so it's kind of cool. Yeah. And then this year um, I lost my senses of smell and taste in like the end what? of the fall or early winter. They're yeah. connected oddly. My yeah, cousin has no sense of smell. Ears, what? nose, throat, and groin. Do you groin. smoke at all? Do I what? 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 I quit. I was like, did you, you, how did you do that without moving your lips, Amber? But, oh, Mary. No, Mary. <laughs> I didn't realize it was Mary. I quit a few years ago. Okay. I quit. Is it a, a heart thing? No, no. It's a sinus infection that uh, they don't understand because drugs haven't worked so I'm getting it sucked out. Holy shit. Yeah. Oh, is that the is- surgery? Yeah, like the sinuses above my eyes and in my cheeks are clogged. So they got to oh. get in your face? Yeah. They got to get in your oh, face? Oh, that sounds crazy. They're, They're going to lift your face, face up? They're going to lift they the They remove the nose. <gasps> and then, yeah, and then he like uses a crazy straw and then sucks it out. Oh, my oh, oh, Lordy Lou. Does he yeah. suck it out with his mouth? He sucks it out with his mouth. It's with a straw. They have powdered flavoring, so the phlegm isn't that revolting. Uh. And so what, are they just going to attach your nose back to your face afterwards? That's an option that I have to see if insurance covered. I might I have a little plexiglass glass instead of the nose on my face for a while. What? They don't remove the nose. They go up inside of your nostril cavity, nasal cavity. Oh, yeah. I don't know what the It's not like a do. Groucho Mar- Marx uh, mask. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I mad mean, Pull it off real fast. I mean, it's cartilage. I don't know. Works yeah. in there? I don't know. Yeah, okay. so there's that. And then there's this agent at, uh, named Conan Smith who was with Apostle and then started the comedy department at Buckwald. And he and this other woman, Caitlin Flynn, were blowing smoke up my ass for a long time, saying mm. they were big fans, and they had all these meetings with me. Then they saw me have a really good set of Carolines. And then uh, it went on and on, and she was telling me about the how great the legit department was, too, because I'm a Yale guy in L.A. And then a month later, he called me up and was like, I got to be honest with you. And I said, not everyone's on, he would, not everyone's on board. And I said, listen, I've heard it for a really long time, and I, I don't want to hear it again, because it's verbatim. Yeah. Well, I've heard it my whole life. Not everyone's on board. Um. So there was that, which was like kind of felt like a final straw in a way. But I can't quit. No, no. Was there anything more You're tangible? Still so young. Oh. Was there anything more tangible they said besides not everyone's on board? He said we don't really support trans comedians, so. 
trans comedians? You know, and I just recently had the bottom surgery. I can't believe you're all taking me so fucking seriously. <laughs> I, well, I told you, you kept what telling me some fuck? fucking stories and I react to it. I don't know. No, that was it. It's just like, I feel like I'm in my seventh year and I'm going in fucking circles. Seventh year? I'll Buddy. see somebody just kind of, I know that's not crazy crazy. I'm in my 13th. With yeah. regard to stand up, but I started fucking late. Later than most. I yeah. started when I was, what, 30? Oh, God, 42. You started l- earlier than Rodney Dangerfield. <laughs> really? Well, he started when he was, like, 11, but then hit when he was 60 yeah. or something. Quit in the middle. He quit, yeah. But um, it's just kind of, I, I see, it, it's, it amazes me how management is akin to getting booked. In other words, I see people getting booked because of their management, and it's it's driven me Crazy. Well, what you know what? what I, have, is, I am but, sorry. I have managers, mm-hmm. and I don't get. They don't do shit. I mean, they do very nice things. They they help with uh, collaborating between a show that I got on, right. and then they get the checks from it. And they're right. also. Uh, I, I ask for meetings or something. They might set it up. But as far as like getting anything, I've got nothing. Well, I mean, like a Montreal audition. I got Montreal yeah. when I had nothing. I had right. no managers, no nothing. You want a Montreal edition? We're yeah. gonna get you. We're gonna get what you a Montreal. We're gonna get you a Montreal. And Singer has like judged festivals where I've advanced, so I don't. I don't get it. Or Access TV. The waitress has done Access TV at this point. Dude, it's like I don't know. It's been. It's been a. I've been thinking about like, like psychiatric nurse, speech therapy, and pathology. I want to go. I want to see what it's like to have a vacation. Yeah. <laughs> or to have a car that doesn't make everyone turn around when it comes up the street because it's going like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what is success for you though? Being able to support myself doing what I like to do. Yeah. Not yeah. ever having to serve a fucking cup of co- coffee or, or or whatever, a cheddar toast again. Picking up dirty plates, taking tests on what the pork loin is marinated in. Yeah. I am so done. Yeah. <laughs> I am so done with yeah. like a dues paying for 20 years. I'm just done. I don't know if I can do it anymore. I mean, because before stand-up, there was, what, 15 years of the other shit in of show Of the business. acting. Yeah. Oh, that's, oh. The, so, that's like waterboarding for 15 to years. To really have, like, to see people hit early now. Like, there were these comics at one of the major comedy clubs, these two women talking about what bullshit the women in comedy thing was. And they were saying, if you're funny, you'll just get bucked. If you're funny, you'll just get management. And you'll get bucked if you're funny. Like, what's the big deal? having absolutely no idea that luck truly has something to do with it. Mm-hmm. I know some incredibly yeah. funny women who aren't at that table, mm-hmm. you know, and it's kind of like the smugness that goes along with it. I just, at this point, it's my filter is gone, and I want to, I really, I want to tell them. Tell them. Tell that them. I hope they burn in hell, and I can't. <laughs> because I want to watch them. I'm going to hell because I'm a sodomite, according to most people. I don't even know what that means. What is sodomy? Is it anal, anal. intercourse? Yeah, 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 yeah. The butt stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Throwing stuff in there. Yeah. Those two comics, it's like jamming a chair in you. Well, technically, oh, yeah. either oh, anal or oral. Oh, Mary, come on. We're all sodomites. Okay, then that seals it That's up. That's it. We're so all sodomites. It's yeah. sex without reproduction, basically. Yeah. Oh, it is? Oh, okay. Then I'm definitely... Then oh, it I'll can also include in bestiality. Oh, okay. Oh. Cool. So it's Shit. any non-procreative sexual Well, now that I'm activity. a triple threat... <laughs> what about jerking me. off? Is jerking off sodomy? Have you ever been, like seen the like go like you're in a porn loop you're just like trapped at home it's been a while now because i'm yes. on pills uh-huh. what uh-huh. is which was that jerking off is sodomy 
Is it? It's yeah. non-procreated but it's sexual painful congress. If you don't, have you ever seen a thumbnail with like a black Labrador in it, or is it just me? <laughs> You're like, I can't click on that. Oh, I've something. seen the black Labrador. Oh Whoa. yeah, I yeah. saw a woman give a demo on like how to properly have sex with a dog. Uh, yeah. Oh my god! You gotta, like, hold the penis about an inch above the base because these two balls. Oh like, my god! I'm gonna vomit. Lock out and they lock inside you. And... Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have the they you, got the prongs you... on it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't. I'm not going to fact check that for you. (laughs) (laughs) This computer's seen worse. (laughs) So uh, you're on pills now, and it's oh uh, my god, I'm on Lexapro and Wellbutrin. Man, so I was on the same little duo for a while because I was on Lexapro because I was sad Mm -hmm. and anxious, and then my penis stopped working. Yep. And then, and I was like doing like the finishing move while I was having sex. You know, you're like, ha ha, here it comes, babe. And then nothing would happen. Yeah. And then, so the, my partner would, would get very upset, and then I'd be like, don't worry, I got this. And then I would go to the doctor and be like, what should I do? I don't, I, I can't have this happen. She's like, here's, take this Wellbutrin. I was like, so you're going to give me more pills? Yeah, that's what they do. And yeah. so they're like, they're gonna, that'll cut out Did that. Did it work? Oh. No. No. I just started hating that I was taking all these pills all the time. I mean, that's I have horrible. to say, though, like, I fought the pills thing for the better part of a decade I really really did I was afraid that it would affect me creatively in my writing and as a stand up and I kept going to therapy and it just literally felt for me like I always think it's an easy what's the word that begins with a P panacea it's an easy panacea no clue Persian Pam nonstick spray it's like an easy it's a band-aid for like people not dealing that's panacea Panacea. Yeah. That's what I always thought. It was like oh, an easy, pan- an easy fix. Pancetta's the des- pancetta. Is that the des- dessert? Arskumar. <laughs> but I wanted to make sure I did the work before I resorted to it. But I needed it because it was like a physical heaviness. And I was watching Judge Judy at mm. four o'clock and pissed off some stupid fucking president would interrupt the program. And I knew that I needed pills. And they fucking they changed my life. They so they've been, been working. Holy for you. shit! Incredibly. That's so. great. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, I'm better now. It's much better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, they really do work for so me. So how did? But how? So your depression was kind of showing itself in the form of just a lot of anxiety and staying up late at no, night. No, I or wouldn't wh- say anxiety. I never thought I had anxiety mm-hmm. unless I'd go to like the cellar with one of my friends and like they'd be like, "You can't act like this. Why are you staring at the floor? They think you're snotty." And I'm like, "I'm not snotty. I just I I feel like I have I'm on the spectrum when I walk in there. I'm afraid. So that's a form of I have social anxiety. Mm-hmm. Well, that is not a terrifying social. place, though." It is. Absolutely. But I'm, I'm always kind of like, I'll sh- wherever I show up, I feel suddenly very shy, but it's an, it's an anxiety. But that's not it. It's really a very dark and heavy depression. Isn't it always interesting that comics are so outwardly extroverted all the time? People Some of think, them. Yeah, so we're yeah. so confident all the time. But really, when we go to most places, it's just like, I'm just going to stand in the corner here and sit mm-hmm. Usually the ones that I want to watch are like that. The yeah. ones that can fake it mm-hmm. really, really well. I feel like sometimes I don't really want to watch them. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's, I don't know. I like taking my time going in the corner, being quiet. I like observing yeah. for a long time until I actually mm. get to know somebody. And yeah. then I'll have, the, then I'll start having the conversations. Right. Yeah. I can't handle being in a crowd of people. Oh, Absolutely tough. not. Me too. Clubs? Get the fuck. That's ev- my nightmare. Right. Standing yeah. in line, no too. fucking way. Right. Paying $20 for a drink. Go well, clubs are all, oh, Clubs are just awful. Yeah. Clubs yeah. are just goddamn right. awful. They all yeah. belong in an ISIS fire cage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like going to concerts, though. I think I like crowds. I'm not sure if I do. Sometimes crowds, like Times Square gets me fucking, I get real mad. Yeah. I get real right. mad whenever I go through Times Square. But, you know, like if I'm going to a big show at like a stadium, that don't bother me. 
I don't know, the, but I think it's the crowds that are in small spaces. Mm. You know what I mean? Not like the subway because you're. It's like transit, uh, transitionary, right? But it's like I've been. I remember I was in uh, Rome on a trip a long time ago, and like all of a sudden the Pope rolled up, and so everyone just converged. And I was just like, what is going on? What is going on? And he then showed everyone, up? Yeah, he was just like going to work. You know, he just was like, you know, Holy he's got his automobile. He's going to work. And then and we were just walking. And then all of a sudden there's just people everywhere. And when you don't have any control over where you can move or what you could do and you don't know what's going on, I find myself just like in those giant crowds are just very anxiety inducing. I got really freaked out. For me out. it's more like the comedy club Christmas parties and stuff like oh, that. Oh, I yeah. just can't. <laughs> so what are you working on? So what are you working on? What, what do you got? What spots do you And there are some comics like this so what have you been up to? What are you Wait, doing? What have you been up to? Yeah. I just find my two friends and stick with them. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Call I it mean, a day. if they're there then that's great. If it's like a group that I love. I mean, I really do I, I know I come across as so like curmudgeonly and whatnot but I really it takes a lot for me to like to not like someone. Yeah, well, you don't come really across does. as curmudgeon. I, I mean, I think a lot of people think I'm so dark and whatnot, but I really do love, I'm so grateful for the comedians in my life. They've yeah. gotten me 90% of the work I've ever gotten. That's why I don't understand if I see someone new at an open mic being a dick while they're on stage to another comic. I'm like, if you stick this out, who the fuck do you think is going to hire you in a yeah. few years or yeah. book you or recommend you? Absolutely. So most comics I love, but the one or two that I don't, I really don't. Yeah. yeah, I really don't because they're bad people. Yeah, bad people. Bad this will just happen. There's some bad yeah. people bad in this people. business, and they're always the best with managers and agents. The best. They're well, always the, the best yeah. at socializing, going into those crowds, and knowing exactly who to talk to and what about. Yeah. The tent is bigger now, so you're naturally going to get more terrible people yeah. in the right. community. Absolutely. You know, I mean, like you put twenty thousand plumbers in a room. I'm sure you know eight thousand of them are going to be <laughs> fucking asses. <laughs> Nineteen thousand nine hundred and ninety nine of them. <laughs> and about eight of them are going to have missed that modeling scout and really missed their <laughs> You mentioned something about blue collar working earlier. I, I do think that there is a stigma in the management industry about people from blue collar backgrounds because mm. these people, the managers, the agents, the, the biz, they come they're from very wealthy homes. They all go to college together. They all have the right suits, the right outfits. They don't understand you taking a day job to pay for your thing. You right. know what I mean? And they, I get so mad whenever people people make me leave work to go yeah. on an audition that was just worthless so I'd show up and it'd be like me and a bunch of children just like I got in trouble at work because of this shit yeah and they know? just right. have no concept of it you know and, and also the people they hire they're gonna hire like minded people they're not gonna hire last time I had like a try to have schmooze with an agent I was like my dad was a truck driver and I accidentally tried to drink his urine one time you know what I mean <laughs> <laughs> and they were like I gotta go we do we do need to work on your conversation <laughs> yeah I don't know I agree with you on the agents, but I don't know about that meeting you had. <laughs> you know what, Amber? I disagree with all of them. Thank you. One of these days, I'll find the right motherfucker that Yeah, one of these days that. that you're going to talk to an agent, he's going to like rush out the door and be like, hey, I you found gotta, her. You got to get out of here for this. He's got an alligator suitcase. <laughs> he picks up a public phone. He's just like, I found the perfect actress. <laughs> Public yeah, phone. I need a manager with a payphone number. Yeah. <laughs> My manager just yells at me. She just yells at me. I think that's good. She yeah. just yells at me to do more things. Just yeah, see, when more. I had a manager, I just didn't, I never heard from him, so I just stopped calling him. Yeah. My manager's not even coming. She just gets me political stuff. It doesn't pay zero dollars all the mm. time. I get nothing. I, just I have go. one who I love. She's, as for an actor, she's an actor's manager. Mm. 
I mean, the truth is I only get about one audition a year through her, which is not great, but she's a solid person. What drives me crazy is one of the agents that turned me down recently told a good friend of mine, why is Frank with that person? Like, she's doing nothing. He needs to get rid of her. And I'm like, is he kidding me? Like, so he turns me down and then wants me to get rid of the one person who's been my yeah. cheering section for a decade. Like, I don't know where their heads are at. They're yeah. crazy. It they're really, all insane. It's, uh, it's just you can't get... They're the gatekeepers, and as I really try to think that they're not. I really try and think that hard work and perseverance pays off, but they are. But it they takes are. so long. I, yeah, I don't are. know when I realized that it was just like, I have to stop caring that this is a race and just or, or a sprint and just know that this is a marathon, and it's yeah. a marathon I could be running until I'm 80. Yeah, and I'm when you get to like ground. your 40th mile, it starts to get... <laughs> the does. marathon is like, okay, it's been August for a long time. When the fuck is this going to... The race never ends. Yeah. But no. I think that we have to get to a new level eventually. But the yeah. race doesn't end. It doesn't. It's no so, it, it is the hardest vertical in show business you know just trying to make people laugh all the time right and it's the one that knocks you, gotta you do down it while you're pissed off <laughs> yeah you know just say like, i remember one time uh speaking of you know just family going my mom called me and she was like your uncle died and i was, I was like she called me i was like i was like all right i gotta go on stage uh i'll, I'll call you later and she's like your uncle died <laughs> just like fuck oh, you shit. you know it's like, yeah. it's like why are you doing that why is it like wait two hours and i'll yeah. call you back i told you i'm gonna call you back that's and crazy. So, so you just gotta go out and you just like gotta like tell a bunch of fucking jokes and shit waka and like, waka and like and i'm in murder fist so i'm like swinging around a dildo and like fucking just yeah. like being a big piece of shit yeah you know yeah you know and then, like as a comic you have to as an actor they're like use where you're at use where you're at use what you're feeling and I thought it would be the same thing, and it's not. As a comic, you have to fucking put on a show. You you have to fake it. Yeah. If I'm feeling like shit, looking like what I look like, looking like fucking rabid Bluto from Popeye, mm -hmm. with like this look and this voice, and then if I get mad at them and I'm like, I'm not flirting with you, I'm gay, like if I decide to come out, then they get even more uncomfortable because they're like, is he kidding or is he lying? It's like if I'm in a mood, like you have seen it uh, infinite times, if I'm in a mood where if I don't fake it and smile and laugh along with my own material, I will bomb like nobody's business. Yeah. Like that's the that's the biggest thing I learned, I think, in my fifth year. Start laughing and smiling and yeah. stop attacking them. Look, Like it's just, I have to fake it if I'm in a bad mood. Yeah. Well, you know, bombing's going to happen. It's always going to happen. We're always at one point of our, I mean, you're great. <laughs> but for everybody, we're all going to bomb. Yeah. Repeatedly. <laughs> over and over and over yeah. for the rest of our goddamn lives. Yeah. We're always going to bomb at something, If whether it's comedy, accounting, what are you going to go skydive and your backup shoot works, thank right. God. You're always going to fail. But it's really how you... How you handle that failure that that makes yeah. you as who you are as a human being, right. you know. Unless you're right. a cop and you murder somebody. That's true. <laughs> That's true. You gotta bounce back there. You gotta bounce back gotta somehow. Bounce back, yeah. <laughs> You got sexy uniforms. Like if they just went out to a leather bar on 28th and 11th with that cop uniform mm. and the gun, they'd like so many people would worship them. They'd be able to let it all go. I'm sure some of them Shoot do. Shoot off a few rounds. What if, yeah, what if cops had to go in and raid a gay bar and like had rawhide and they were just like dancing on them and like, everybody out. And you're like, I am out, baby. <laughs> <laughs> How do I get the dollar in that gun harness, <laughs> honey? <laughs> All right. Well, this has been a lot of fun. I think we got to. Uh, I think we're going to wrap it up around now. Frank, thank you so much thank for, you for having in. me. You're, thank you're, you for you're a pleasure to talk to. And thank you. Uh, you know, and uh, Amber, Amber said you were upset. I, you, I don't think you are. I think I don't, you don't think you're that depressed. I think you're going to be. I think yeah, you're just I'm fine. all right. It's a constant struggle, but I'm, I'm, I'm happy. 
I'm happy when I get out of the <laughs> yeah, house. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I understand getting beat up about being, in, you know, not getting as much gigs. Oh, you know, but like still, like I'm, I'm, it's, I'm booked. You're living, though, a, so you're it's, living it's, a great life. Gotta, you know, at gotta, the end of the day, gotta be thankful because I am booked. I have yeah. a few spots this week. I have some next week. Yeah, great, right. great. So it's good. Good mm-hmm. luck with your and surgery. You're, Thank and you. Not just that, and you're a hilarious dude, Thank and you. you're always gonna, you'll end up on top eventually. Thank Best you. advice I ever received, and it's kept me going. I'm, you know, I'm a little younger than you. I'm 34. And uh, but it's enjoy the process, and no matter what it is, you know, a lot of people don't even get nothing until their 40s, sure. their 50s, you know. So it's just a lot of people don't get nothing and then they die, and then they die, yeah. and that's it. And they're buried in Calverton on Long Island, and you get no cell phone service there, but that's another story, yeah. Oh God. Well, you know, I'm gonna be at Caroline's on Monday, which is before <laughs> I have my surgery next Wednesday, so come see me in case I go on the table. Oh, let's get dinner after your surgery, we you can, can do taste that. all the food, that would be great. Oh. Uh, black so, eyes, so hopefully. excited for you in the meantime you should just be you know farting a bunch you know (laughs) i asked him to fix my nose while i was under and he said first of all i think you're kidding and secondly this is a completely different operation (laughs) (laughs) just take some out thanks a lot dr iq (laughs) all right buddy we'll uh, guys uh we'll talk to you soon man thank you so much thank you thank you Frank, thank you so much. Uh, if you if you love Frank, see him on Facebook. He does some great uh, grocery aisle dance moves that'll really <laughs> brighten your day. As a alone dancer in my own bedroom, I can relate to his dance moves, and I would love to do a duo with him sometime. And he's just uh, generally a, a great comedian. So go to his website and find out where he's performing by you. He usually travels with Jessica Kirsten. And uh, they're a great duo, so go check them out. Yeah, but the dancing, though. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we're going to switch gears uh, and talk a little bit about some grief. Uh, Something happened to to Eddie uh, and to the entire comedy community and the CCR community. Eddie, your mom passed away recently. Yes. It's been a couple weeks now. So it's been been able to reflect. It's probably been like 12 days. Yeah. What's where? Where do you say? Because there's like different stages of grief. Mm-hmm. Uh, where do you think you are on it right now? I'm starting to get pissed off. Pissed is a is a stage. You know that's I'm starting to like I'm start I'm like getting less. I mean I'm still like sad occasionally. Yeah. But I would say pissed off. I'm trying to like now that the dust is covered, she's in the ground, you know, and everyone's been so nice to me, you know, kind of looking around and just like all right, you know, first it's. You know, how? what did I miss? What did I not do? You know, not just, like, blaming myself, but trying to figure it out. Yeah. You know, more of, it's. you know, I think that's, it's not that. I don't blame myself. I'm not one of those people. It's like, I did everything I could. I know you I did. could. That you is a really part of the did. stage, though, blaming you know, yourself. You know, it's like, I could have done a couple other things that would have helped, but how the fuck am I supposed to know? Yeah. Of course, you know, but you same, did so much, Eddie. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's just like, you know, but I know I did so much, but there was like a fuck, there's a couple little things that I could have done. I could have not gone to work, like, like recently, like week before, you know, I was supposed to go down there and help her with some shit. And then I got called into work. And so I was like, ah, I'm not going to come, you know, and that yeah, was, you know, that that's was always like, tough. <clears throat> and that was like a week before. And so you think about that, and you're like, oh, if I would have made it. And you're just like, but how the fuck am I supposed to know? I had to work. I've canceled on her a million times because I had to work, and she's canceled on me because she's had to work. You know, it's like, you know, how are you supposed to know? But uh, now I'm, like, just pissed thinking about all of the other just things about this country in general. 
Well, she interacted with a lot of different institutions and a yeah. lot of parts of society that you feel did not necessarily um, I think, treat her as fairly. Yeah, I think fair? because, honestly, and I've come to this deduction, and I am, an, I am angrier than I should be to talk about this, but I feel like America is trying to kill the poor. Yes. And I really do, and I think I think they killed my mother, I think, by not giving her things that she needed to survive. And if she had more money, she would have had them. And so it's very, it gets me really pissed off. Like diabetes pills and things? I mean, I mean that, yeah. I mean, medicine, yeah, was a complete fucker because, I mean, if I had the numbers, you know, I don't have the exact stats mm-hmm. on, you know, how much things cost, but... She did not make enough money for the medicine she needed. Mm-hmm. She did not make enough money for the uh, therapy, mental therapy that she needed because she was, you know, very distraught, very depressed. Uh, it wasn't covered by Medicare for her to go to a therapist in a certain, you know, I'm sure like certain ways it was, but it wasn't ways to help her. You know, her sugar dropped on a drop of a hat. I'm sure you guys may have seen it once or twice. Mm-hmm. I had to sit down, put some sugar in her mouth, shit like that, and get her back to normal. And she's working 50-hour weeks, making $10 an hour. You know, and, like, that's not enough for a person who needs to spend over $1,000 a month in medicine. Mm-mm. And that's just medicine. That food, usually the food you have to eat is shit. Yeah, because cheap. Yeah, because she couldn't afford the right food that she should have been eating as a diabetic. Well, you know, and so she has to like you know go to different places for fast food or like fucking canned goods. It even came down to at some points. Well, you know, it's uh, and there's so many spheres of society that kind of like operate are operating here. I remember reading a story recently. You know, uh, South Central LA in Compton. Mm-hmm. They actually passed a city ordinance that didn't let any more fast food businesses open up there. That's great. Because on a very fundamental level, it was killing people. Yes. Yeah. And, and I don't I'm not blaming fast food. You're no, the no. last person I blame for this. But. but at the same time, it's it's the general capitalism that we have. This is what this is what government is supposed to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is supposed to be the check for capitalism. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and then we have now the healthcare law, which is supposed to get everyone healthcare, but really it shifted the way we think about healthcare from like they're providing us healthcare to I'm supposed to be a savvy healthcare shopper. Yeah. And I'm supposed to shop for my health care. When in reality... My mom doesn't know how to use a computer. Exactly. You're supposed... To, how are you supposed to do these things? You're, you're, you're expecting everyone now that has never had to shop... In the same way you would buy something on Amazon, you're supposed to shop for healthcare in this same way when they're just, they just want to get better. It shouldn't yeah. be a, a fucking marketplace. Yeah. yeah. You shouldn't be profiting the way they're profiting. I mean, especially the prescription there's enough, drug companies. There's en- especially those fucking And concepts. you know they're pip tipping off the government to. Uh, they're withholding shit. So they can milk us on the drugs that don't work. Absolutely. You know, and then all of a sudden this new machine pops out. Fuck you. You had it a decade ago. You did. I was on this uh, birth control pill called uh, Yaz. Jesus, mm-hmm. yeah. And Jeez. I was... Uh, Weren't you on it for too long? For like too long. I don't know. But I was passing out in the streets. I was. I would just walk and then just You're like, You're lucky boom. you didn't die from that shit. I know. And I went off of it and I felt fine. I was like, oh shit. 
and they kind of found it was killing women. Yeah. yeah. So I went to a poor clinic to get the prescription because I couldn't afford to go to a, like a nicer clinic and then come to find out poor people were just being tested like lab rats. Yeah. And that's another thing you, you, you brought up, Eddie, though, is that she was not poor enough to get government assistance, but she was not uh, as poor. Like, not. And do you know what that number was? Hmm. You can make if you make less than nineteen thousand. If you make yeah. more than nineteen thousand, you don't get assistance. Yeah. What? The poverty 19, line. Nineteen thousand. Yeah, it's like a single person, no family. Yeah. Yeah. How is that enough for anybody? It's insane. It costs thirty-two thousand dollars to keep somebody in jail. Like, like, how are you like to keep someone a prisoner in a place where you don't get any food or you do anything? It costs thirty two thousand dollars and below the and the poverty lines. Nineteen. That's crazy. And maybe, Mary, if you could check that to make sure that yeah, I'm no, right on that number. Yeah, I think that's right. But I'm pretty sure that's fucking right. And then and then that gap is like it's like 19 to like 50 grand or something like that where they lump all those people together and that's not the same life. No. And depending on where you're living, the cost of living can be dramatically different. And so I don't make much money. I'm paying my mom's bills, helping her out. And so I'm dead broke too. You know, and it's just like getting our ass handed to us and then unfortunately, uh my mom, God bless her heart, but made a lot of mistakes. Because she wasn't sound of mind because of every time your sugar drops when you're a diabetic, uh, to a certain point, you get brain damage. And every time your sugar goes below, a, like your sugar, everyone's blood sugar number should be between 80 and 120. 120 is pretty high. 80 is almost low. And once it goes below 80, you start basically hallucinating and tripping balls. You're, wow. just, you're just fucking out of your mind. And when that happens... It damages your brain. And that was happening to my mom for 35 years. And so by the time she got to 65, her brain was not 100%. You know, I love her. You know, it's just a sad fact. And what is, did you find something? What is the poverty line? Oh, I got, I got this. Well, it depends by state. Oh, okay. Uh, but it, you're correct. It costs 31286 per inmate every year. And there's an issue coming up uh, this year where a lot of states are going to be losing their uh, SNAP benefits because all of their waivers are expiring. Yeah, it, it, it is. It is. Uh, it is. We the America is really. I mean, it is just. It is just clear as day happening. They are trying to kill off the poor. They always have. Yeah. And it's just, you know, they're and not only trying to kill, but trying to keep down and make a way where you don't have a voice and you don't have a way to get back up. What was I talking about two seconds ago with the sugar dropping? I'm going to go back to that. Brain damage, yeah. Your sugar dropping, it gets brain damage. And so she is not in a place when she was going through this to make sound decisions. My mom was in a place where she was down three grand. I did my best to help her out, but she was down three grand. So she went to the casinos and, and spent a lot of money that she didn't have, wrote bad checks to a check casting store, and they took that from her knowing it was bad because she had done it previously. And at the same exact store, knowing it was bad, took the check. They knew who she was and they cashed it and then she went, while she's crying the entire time, by the way, and then she took that money back to fucking Taj Mahal, Trump's place, Trump's casino in uh, New Jersey, and spent it all trying to win money so she could pay 
medical bills. <gasps> what you I know, and so it's just like it's like this is like what my mother had to resort to. It was the wrong choice, but she's not the only one making this incorrect choice. The fact that check cashing places still exist frightens me at a very basic level. That anyone, Republican or Democrat, looks at these places and they're like, yeah, they're just to take advantage of people that don't understand. You could do basically the same stuff if you just try to open a bank account, which I know is difficult for it's some people. It's legal loan sharking. Yeah, it, it's and it's state sanctioned, and now a couple, you know, uh, people in government are trying to get these things closed down. But it's unconscionable what they're charging people on a very basic level. The interest rate alone on it, if you even were doing it properly, if you were able to like pay it off when they get it, you know, and yeah. stuff, the interest alone gets up to like hundreds of percent by the end of the year when you do this consistently. I mean, it's really unbelievable. One of them loaned my mom $2,000, and it ended up costing $5,000. Oh, my there we God. Go. There we go. Did, and they make money off of it, I'm sure. They made three grand. Fucking Off Christ. of the 2000 they lent this poor, sick woman. You know, and this is not just my mom. My mom is someone who gets extra pity because she's white, you know, and, like, gets extra things because of that, because she was able to, like, use her... God knows what they're doing to... You know, people of minority, people who don't speak English, you know, Lord knows what they're doing to them. Good news, though. Brighter side. Uh-huh. Ready? Trump Taj Mahal is closing at the end of the month. Yay. I know. These fuckers, <laughs> these fuckers that stole all that money from my... Uh, by the way, Carl, yeah, Carl. real great businessman. You can't even fucking keep a casino open? Carl Icahn owns it. He sold it to Carl Icahn years ago, but Carl Icahn's been... Uh, just like dr running that fucking thing into the ground. Of course. That's the other problem with Trump for just a moment. He sells his fucking name everywhere around the world, and it represents something. Yeah. But what does the Trump Taj Mahal represent? Greed. Like uh, every possible terrible thing you could imagine about human society. And then furthermore now, what does it represent? It's ripped the health care benefits out of all of their workers for the past six months. Yeah. And I remember at one point uh, a year ago, because this happened, my mom, What basically my mom had a gambling addiction, you know, and I, on top of this, because one time before we moved to New York, she won 20 grand Whoa. and it solved all our problems. And so that one time, and then it turned out then I, you know, we would always fight about it and I would always get her not to go, but occasionally she would run off because she knew that one time. 10 minutes solved all of her problems and all of my problems as well. And uh, and so she kept doing this in the check cashing store, going back to them in Atlantic City, right next to a casino. Oh. They know exactly what they're doing. The casinos stopped taking her checks, and so she had to walk outside to the check cashing store that would take whatever they wanted. And the check cashing store, the ones that I had to deal with when I was super poor because no one would take my checks, was they... When they bounce, when you bounce a check, most places do it three times. This place, this particular place in Atlantic City, said uh, they unlimited amount. Whoa! Wouldn't stop putting, wouldn't stop putting it in until the money was in my mom's account. But every time that the check bounced, it was fifty dollars to the check cashing store, thirty five to the bank. So we're going seventy five dollars, seventy five dollars, seventy five dollars. Mama makes ten dollars an hour. Every yeah. time. And this is going Jeez. on for a month oh. and a half. Oh. And so this, the number just kept going up and up and up and up. And it came to a point where it was unreasonable 
to fix. It was an unreasonable number to fix off a $500 check growing into $2,500. And for someone who makes $20,000 a year, this is an impossible thing for them. And this isn't just my mom. This is they're doing this. This is what how these places make their money. TD Bank. And the other side, my mom, I'm like, we'll go to the bank and we're going to get them to stop it. And they said, unfortunately, we cannot stop it. Fuck you. It's your check. Yes, you can. Yeah. Yes, you can say at some point, you know that this person who has negative money is not going to come up with this money. But they keep charging her $35 a time, $35, $35, check cashing store, $50, $50. to the number is so high. This is where these banks make their money by ripping off poor people and putting them into poverty, further into poverty to a place where, you know, they're getting, they have to go get canned food and wait in line and be embarrassed when these people have jobs and they've made two mistakes, you know, and then they threaten you, well, you wrote a bad check, that's a crime, I'm going to take you to jail. You know, and that's like another threat that they have. And when you get into a place like my mother was with the diabetes, uh, every time you get upset, your sugar drops. And so every time you're worried too much, your sugar drops. And so it just kept happening, and eventually it killed her. Wow, so how can we, like, stop this? Like, what can we do? Like, how can we proactively... Make a decision. Okay, mm-hmm. so there's uh, sickness, there's diabetes, there's um, uh, the government taking advantage of poor people, the government trying to kill off poor people. Yeah. How do we How do we fix this problem? I have no idea. I mean, first of all, there has to be some kind of limit on what banks can charge people who have no money. Well, yeah. and I think there's on a And very, I know what Obama tried something, but apparently it's well, not happening. Well, the Consumer Protection uh, Bureau is the thing that, that got started in the last, like, four years. And it started doing that where, like, you will have now credit card companies have to send you a very <coughs> transparent list of fees. And they have to – their bank now has to send you a very transparent – here's what happens when you overdraft. So it's, like, very – it's not in yeah. small print anymore. That was, like, the yeah. first step. I think honestly, the second step is getting rid of these fucking check cashing places. There's no. Fucking How about checks? How about we, there's no need for paper checks anymore. Forget them. I, mean, I don't like any of these places that are built on. Oh, if they were that good of a business, they'd be in a fancy suburb. But no, why is it that these check cashing places are only in the, the worst part of town? The poor. Yeah. Why are they only in the? Let's, let's, let's take a oh, moment. Oh, you have you have a five hundred dollar <laughs> check. Uh, I'll cash it for you, but give me 30 bucks. Yeah. Fuck, that's crazy. Uh, even, you know what they should say? They should say, I'll cash your $500 check, but I'm going to charge you 300% interest over the next year. Oh and then let's see if they'll fucking take it. Well, it just... Sorry, I'm getting angry. There's no, another please, horrible get angry. thing. When, whenever people retire, if you are in a certain amount of debt, uh, the government will take away your, your retirement checks. Mm-hmm. So now you're just going to be eating cat food for a mistake you might have made in your 20s and your 30s that have been building up and building up and building up. See, and you had no it's, idea. It's that 
at this point in American society, capitalism controls our democracy when in reality our democracy should be controlling capitalism. And it's a very basic thing where it's like capitalism is great. It's like fucking great. Go fucking make an iPhone. Great. We made the fucking iPhone, everybody. Everyone get fucking excited. But at what cost do we have all this innovation and this rapid expansion of our economy? At what cost? Is the cost of your mother, the cost of poor people all across this country? It's a fucking nightmare. I think the government's too big. I think it's too big. We're all we are is just a number on a piece of paper thrown into a file. We need to, to make more state rights uh, and we need to uh, put ha- power in the hands of the people again. I just I don't like the government. I think they're absolutely trying to kill us. I I think they want to put us all in FEMA camps with chips in our bodies and take away our guns. Because you saw well, it for you saw it first half absolutely firsthand with uh, Katrina. They yeah. with the TVs, all the power was off, and then the um you know we were suffering. There's no food. There's no water, and then you just see a helicopter fly above, and then you know they saw us like waving, and they just kept flying, and then we finally got the radio maybe a week after, and we all thought that people were like, oh my god, these poor people how did they help us no they called us thugs because we didn't go into the fema camps and you know what they fucking do in the fema camps they lock you in there you can't leave they take away all sense of your protection it's like the beginning of scarface in there yeah absolutely i think i think the government wants to put us all in a fucking fema camp which is basically prison because then they can control your every move they can control human life because once you have all of the money money's not enough now you want to own the human spirit well, Donald Trump's on his way to putting me in a death camp. <laughs> Can't wait. Sign me up, Donnie. I mean, beyond that, a huge portion of our government is majorly controlled by major corporations. Yeah. When yeah. I was in college, I worked at a Walmart for about two years. And a lot of people who worked at that Walmart would use the check cashing at the Walmart because their superiors encouraged them and implied that if you didn't use it, it you might be fired. What? No way! So people who are poor, and also beyond that, they would discourage people who don't know better about opening a bank account. Like, why would you open a bank account? Just cash it out. You can do it right here. So people who have children who are in positions where they don't necessarily know better, they're like, well, I need the cash today. To pay for my rent tomorrow and buy food. I will physically hurt that person that said that. And not just that. I mean, you put a bunch of cash in an idiot's hand in Walmart. They're not going home with much cash. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I hate to call him an idiot, but it's not their fault they weren't educated properly. I think and we need to get rid of the public school system, honestly. I mean, well, we, or Amber. fix it. I mean, get, I mean, you got to give people public school. Where are you going to educate them, Amber? Get rid of it. I think it needs to go back in the day when it was a group of kids thrown into a room and you were taught reading, writing, arithmetic. That, that was, there was only a thousand people in the country. I say we... <laughs> Amber is single-handedly starting up the log cab in the campaign again. We were on this road slowly getting in. Into the lane, and then now we're we're in overtime. Now we're standing on the side. Now we're standing next to our burning car with a shotgun. I just realized, Amber. You know where I think you belong? Where? Alaska. I think yeah. you would be yeah. in the you know America's last wilderness. Fuck yeah! I, I mean, would. we could have we could have a very political discussion about all of these different things: big government, small government, all that stuff. I think that's good. But at the end of the day. I think there's a, a widespread, like, everyone's got blood on their hands, especially yeah. when it comes to the story of, of Ed's mom. And there's so many of these different parts of society that kind of failed. And anytime we see a big tragedy that happens in our country, even if you look at the financial collapse, right, it wasn't just a bank. It was everyone along the chain, government included, human beings included, not taking personal response. Every single person had a, a share in that fall. And that's, the I think, the real problem, right? A community. Yeah 
community must help each other. Absolutely. Yeah. Certain people in the community are weaker than other people in the community. Mm-hmm. Whether that pisses you off or not, if you want your community to be nice, you got to help them. Yeah. If it makes you mad that someone can do nothing but live off of welfare and that pisses you off, it's I'm sorry, but it's better than them being homeless. Yeah. And it, uh, that's just honestly how I feel. And I know it's very that's a very controversial statement for a lot of people, but I just think that we need to get if we want to keep succeeding, we need to start taking care of ourselves, each other. Or we could like have a job at the local mill and be like, "Hey, two arm Steve or two leg, whatever Steve." Two two legs. <laughs> hey, two arm, two legs. <laughs> How you doing? Hey, you know, Steve with the same amount of arms as everyone Amber, else. You could just call me Steve. <laughs> <laughs> I just everyone. Oh, here comes two arm Steve <laughs> walking down the road just like everyone else. <laughs> Oh, man. I don't know why Amber makes fun of me all the time. I look like everyone else. Shut up, two arms. (laughs) Go play pinball. Okay. You'll be good at it. Nice. But just give that little fucker, like, a place at the mill. You know? Robots are going to be making everything. Robots are already making it. They're taking all the jobs. No, Chinese people make everything now. No, not even the Chinese anymore. I say we kill the robots and we kill the check-cashing people. If we were in a small government... We can agree on one of those. And then somebody, <laughs> and somebody in our little community was making money off of poor people and lying to them. You know what they did back in the day? They fucking murdered them and put them in the swamp. And that's where they fucking belong. Well, it's, it's <laughs> thousand people were in the country that's Amber, yeah, yeah. Louisiana justice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You would have been great on Walker, Texas Ranger. Yeah, I was going to say, you should have your own show on FX. <laughs> hey, um... I, yeah. I will say, though, I do agree, agree with about 75% of what you said, and that is more than uh, half. Oh. And, uh, uh, but uh, this has been the brighter side. Let's let's wrap this puppy up. Uh, we didn't get to the brighter side of grief because there isn't really one. You just got to wait it out and let well, it finish. The brighter side, yeah, exactly. The brighter side is talking about it. That's how yeah. you deal yeah. with grief. You got to get it out. You talk about it. And also, it, it's also made you question things like the government. Which Absolutely. You never would have before or as much. Yeah, before. well, now, now, unfortunately, it takes like a strong uh, thing to happen to you to actually fight. And I think I'm about ready to start a fight with Fuck some yeah. people. Put some glass on those knuckles, baby. Get to town. Absolutely. Well, also, it sounds like you, you've you been reminded of a sense of community here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, everyone has their families and their communities gather around them during tragedies. And that it could was be amazing. the brighter side. Yeah, no, it certainly was. And, you know, the, the, the four million messages I got from listeners, friends, family, and yeah. it was fucking cool. It was really nice. People it made me It made me feel great. Yeah. Uh, so taking us out today is uh, <laughs> every Christmas uh, I would hang out with my mother. She loved Christmas. Christmas is one of the favorite things in the, in the world. And she would make me listen to this every Christmas. It would make her dogs go crazy. And it would make me go crazy. But one more time, just for you, Mom, Jingle Bells by the Singing Dogs. <laughs>
shows like the one you just listened to, go to cavecomedyradio.com. The legends are true. We're overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. In a fast-paced world... Every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia.